Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Family Renewal Podcast. I'm Israel Wayne. Hi, and I'm Brooke Wayne. Wanted to talk with you about the topic of history today. This is a topic we've had requested from some of our podcast listeners. They've wanted our input on the topic of how to teach history and how to understand history. So, you know, I'm looking over your book and just noticing one of the phrases you use is, how can you give time to, say, Alexander the Great in your history study, but also to just the obscure tribesmen who was not mentioned somewhere in history, and just focusing on both of those types of groups. How, What do you leave out, and how do you make space for the major parts of history that have had a play throughout our timeline in history to, um, to influence today, to bring impact to our world today? Well, that's such a tough question. I, I think in one sense, if you're looking at it from a humanistic standpoint, um, I would say you have to look at the big movements, the big ebbs and flows, the people who caused major shifts that changed the course of history, that made history different because of their existence. Um, I, I think, you know, from that viewpoint, that would be the way that you would approach uh, history. However, on the other hand, um, there are times where because of your particular beliefs and values, you may want to focus in on a maybe an even somewhat unknown individual who had an impact because of a life well lived. Mm-hmm. And that person may not have shifted history in some major way. Uh, like, for example, in our home, we do a lot of missionary biographies. Right. And one of the things that we'll read is some missionary who labored for an entire lifetime with a people group and maybe only had a handful of converts and then was martyred at the end of their life. Right. And it just sounds tragic, like you spent 60 years trying to share the gospel with this people group, um, made very little progress, and then you were killed. But what happens many times is that that then opens up doors where because of their life, the work they've done, translation work of the Bible, uh, planting a church, inspiring other missionaries, the work continues. It's like a seed that gets planted and sometimes lays dormant for a while and then germinates and begins to eventually sprout and grow. Uh, Eventually, you begin to see spiritual life develop in a certain part of the world somewhat through the work of this particular person. Now, if you're approaching that from a humanistic standpoint, if you're a government school, you're not going to focus on the teaching of that one person, the life of that person, uh, because that's not one of the big movements that shaped Western culture, for example. Mm -hmm. And so you would say that's some obscure person that we just don't have time to cover uh, within history. Uh, But I, I think that you're always going to leave something out. You can't teach everything. And so my view is this is a decision that really needs to be made by parents, not by bureaucrats. This is something that parents have to wisely pray about and think about and choose what gets left in 
and what gets taken out. And, you know, I see a lot of benefit for our culture at large with that because with homeschooling, with families taking responsibility for teaching their children history, you're going to have children who have a greater emphasis in one part of history naturally because the parents do and the parents felt like well this is the really important thing to teach or you're going to have another family who has a different perspective and a different set of um, values they placed in how they taught history and what portions they taught in history like as Joel mentioned we've used the YWAM series for a lot of our children to emphasize some very obscure not very well known missionaries there's like 50 books in the series and we had one of our children go through the whole thing and he can pop up with some amazing information. That particular child understands the history of missions much better than even some of our other children. He's going to bring a perspective as he grows up about what what's important in history that may be different than your child. And that's okay. But it gives a, a flavor to our culture that they can build each other up in various ways. They can challenge each other in different ways, not all having the same perspective, not all being taught to think the same way. So I want to ask you, Israel. Um, let, let me what, just jump in on yeah. that. So I'm thinking of two families that I know that we're friends with. Um, one is a family in our church, and he is a PhD archaeologist, and he wrote his doctoral thesis on some very narrow <laughs> segment of time in First Kings. I forget the section. It's like, you know, First Kings 8 through 11 or something like that. And uh, so he's very narrowed on that. He goes to the, the Middle East. He does archaeological digs. I'm guessing, and they homeschool, I'm guessing in their household, their children have probably heard an awful lot about mm-hmm. that segment of uh, Israeli history and Palestinian history and so on, you know, just the, the land of, of the Bible. Um, and so when you say history, that's probably what they think of, I'm right, guessing. Right. And so when you go back to uh, another family that I know and think of their situation, um, they are reenactors and they go to the Civil War reenactments. And they're very committed to that. It's something they do very tenaciously. Uh, and it's a family activity for them. They dress in costume and they go and you know, stay in character and they act out the parts. And so they're very, very familiar with uh, the U.S. Civil War. Now, if these two families got together and, and they s- talked about history, they would say, oh, we love history. Both families love history. But they'd have a hard time communicating a little bit because right. what they know about history is just vastly different. It's a and completely different segment. And not that they wouldn't know anything of the other person's expertise, but it would be... Probably they know precious little, would be my guess. (laughs) Uh, And so they might have some interest. But I think where I'm going with this is I think that um, history is something that each family has to kind of figure out, how do we teach this? And what are the things that we think are important? What are the things that we want to emphasize? And, And each family should have the freedom to be able to do that. And of course, homeschooling provides that. But then in community, especially in Christian community, we have the opportunity to learn from each other. Right. And so this is where um, having those relationships with other people in your church, your homeschool co-op or homeschool support group, this is where this is really helpful and useful that you can learn from other people's strengths and you can help I- each other in this process of learning history. So kind of tailing a little bit on that, I want to ask you, how can parents use history, maybe it should be any subject, but let's say history in particular, to help their children learn to think. 
I think that one of the things that we need to do is is teach our children to read firsthand accounts of history of people who were there, because what that does for one is it really helps us to expand our vocabulary. It helps us to think in terms of how people saw the world at that time. So much of history is written hundreds of years later, and it imposes a postmodern worldview or even a modern worldview on a pre-modern worldview or world. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's just highly unfair. And so being able to go back and read the writings of people who were actually there at the time and what they said and what they thought and what they wrote, um, I've had a chance to do that with certain writings from the colonial period of the right. American history. And when you go back and you read some of their writings, you realize that, number one, they were way more educated than we are. Mm-hmm. Their vocabulary was just immense. And their ability to be able to reason and to think, it was just phenomenal how well-educated some of these writers in colonial America were. Um, and so I, I think what it does is it helps when you read first source documents, it helps to liberate you from the cocoon of your own time period and to be able to help you see the world through someone else's eyes. Right. That, it is so true. You know, um, this is not history, but our son's been reading Swiss Family Robinson lately, and he's just amazed at how these people survived. And that's something that history does for us is it, it tells when we read firsthand accounts in particular, it helps us see how did they make it? How did they how did they live their daily lives? Just as how did, far did they get food? How did they clothe themselves? But then also, what were the moving consequences, or sorry, ideas that were important to them at that time? Yeah, I think like you look at the issue of slavery, there's so much emphasis now on, say, white American leaders, presidents, or generals, or people who were famous within American history who owned slaves. And in our postmodern culture, we look back on these people, these individuals, and the movement right now is to categorically condemn all of them. I think the movement under modernism was maybe to glorify them hmm. completely. You know, the uh, the George Washingtons and the Thomas Jeffersons and the Patrick Henrys and, you know, the Robert E. Lees or whoever. And, and they were glorified as these great men. Postmodernity is kind of swinging to the other extreme where they're, they're tearing them down, but they would do it on, on one issue, the issue of slavery. When you go back and you read the writings of many of these people, like Thomas Stonewall Jackson, for example, uh, or of uh, John – well, John Adams didn't own slaves, but John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, you, you see how much the, some of these men hated and deplored slavery, and yet they owned slaves. And, and many of them wrote about it being a vicious evil and how it was something that was a blight on society and how it needed to be eradicated. And Thomas Jefferson sought to uh, eradicate slavery on se- at several points, and yet they were caught within a cultural context where they didn't know how to easily extract themselves from their current cultural situation. And I think it's important for us to keep that in mind and and to keep this tension that there were men who did great things and were truly great men of history in one sense, yet they were also imperfect. They were flawed. And and then some of them, it's just not 
it's not easy to put them into a tidy little category. Especially you look at someone like Stonewall Jackson, the Southern general who fought for Virginia. He deplored slavery. He hated slavery. He actually started a Sunday school for black slaves to be able to teach them the gospel. He you know, he, he was a, a Christian man who wanted to see slavery eradicated. And people say, well, how could you fight for the South in the Civil War if you wanted to see slavery eradicated? Well, these are the tensions that these men lived with. And I think it's important to go back and read their own writings, to read their own words, if you really want to understand the complexity of the issue. And, uh, you know, you think about it today uh, in some of the, the things that we're involved in. I just wonder how harshly our age will be judged by future generations when you look at the issue of abortion, mm-hmm. for example. And, you know, how many Christian women that are maybe even prominent Christian leaders today will it come out later that they had abortions? Right. Uh, or people will say, how was it that the Christians of this age just sat by idly and did nothing about the abortion crisis? Or, you know, you just think about social ills and social evils that happen within our time and within our time period. Um, I think we can be very harshly judged, perhaps, in history because people don't really understand what it's like to live here in this time and in this culture. You know, why don't we just eradicate abortion? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, there are many of us as Christians and conservatives, we, we hate abortion. We don't right. want to see abortion. And yet, how do we just rid our country of this evil? I think the slavery issue was very similar to this. I talk about this a lot more in more detail in my book, Education, Does God Have an Opinion? I encourage you to check that out at our website, familyrenewal.org. And we want you to sign up on our email list so we can keep in touch with you and let you know when we're coming to your area to do an event. It's familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe forward slash subscribe and we want to make sure that you also subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so so that you'll get updates whenever we do a new episode you'll be alerted and you can listen in we thank you so much we appreciate your support of our ministry we hope you'll join us on facebook we have a couple pages Um, we have facebook.com forward slash family renewal and also forward slash israel wayne author i am on twitter at israel wayne And uh, we hope that you will continue to uh, read and listen to the materials that we have because we think they'll be of benefit to you. If you haven't done so, one more thing comes to my mind is uh, go to our website, to our blog page, which is familyrenewal.org forward slash blog. I don't think I've mentioned that before on the podcast, but we do have a blog and we write articles on there and they're all free. So please uh, check that out. Until next time, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit familyrenewal.org.